Hi there, and welcome to the C10 Podcast, where we mainly talk about leadership and mentoring in 10 questions with changemakers, mostly with ties to the Kansas City area. This is all part of the C of the Major Leagues Foundation, and specifically a tie-in to our C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. I'm Matt Folks, Executive Director of C of the Major Leagues and usual host of this podcast. I'm honored that you've chosen to listen this week. Thank you so much. Now, let's get into this week's conversation. This is episode 134 of the C10 Podcast, and this week we're featuring another of this year's Blue KC Coaches with Character honorees. Tim Kennedy, the baseball coach at Blue Valley High School, who was the June selection here this year. So why are we talking with a high school coach, and and what is this Coaches with Character thing, especially on a leadership and mentoring type podcast? Well, I'm glad you asked, because since 2017, we've had a program in partnership with Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and the Kansas City Royals called Coaches with Character. Each year, we recognize six coaches who are making Kansas City a better place. This year, we're featuring the coaches on this podcast because who knows better about leadership, building teams, team chemistry, and so on than successful high school coaches. A graduate of Blue Valley High School in 1990, Tim Kennedy put together a successful 2023 campaign in his first year as head coach at his alma mater, After having previously served as a math teacher and an assistant coach at the school since 2013, still a teacher, and we'll get into that here momentarily. Tim's coaching and teaching background started in 1997, shortly after graduating from Kansas State University. And I will tell you, as we record this on video, he has a big K-State flag (laughs) behind him. After five years as an assistant coach at Bishop Miege High School, Kennedy became head coach of the Stags and served in that role from 2003 to 2011. Now, as his nominator, Peggy Rose, who was also a Blue KC coach with character honoree a few years ago, she wrote this, Coach Kennedy is what first class looks like as a teacher and a coach. He works with his students in Algebra 2 and AP Calculus in the same way he works with his high school baseball players in a patient, respectful, and encouraging manner that fosters a sense of confidence that has manifested itself in several league and state titles, as well as success in the mathematics classroom. He always does the right thing and wants what is best for the team and to make kids better through sports. Tim always has time to talk and listen to fellow coaches, teachers, students, and athletes. With that, it is my honor to introduce you to the June Blue KC Coaches with Character honoree, Tim Kennedy. Welcome to the CEO of the Major League Shed. Coach, how's everything going today? Oh, going well, Matt. Really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, you hear things and you go, I don't, I don't know. I'm just here coaching and teaching and doing what I enjoy doing and having fun with kids most every day. Well, that's, um, but that's a gift. And, and it was cool as, as this episode drops, uh, and even as we record this, we can say just a few nights ago on Sunday night, uh, Dayton and Marianne Moore, founders of C of the Major Leagues, invited the coaches and some people from Blue KC over to their house for, just a night to have a nice dinner and relax, get to know each other a little bit better. And four of the six coaches were there. You're one of them uh, who was able to be there that night. And it's fascinating for me, especially as a father of three with my youngest 18 as a freshman at K-State, incidentally, but uh, as a father of three and then somebody who helps oversee our C-10 mentoring leadership program for high school students, just what you guys and gals put into it on a on a weekly basis. So I mean, it's it's truly a gift, and it was fun that night just listening to each of you talk about 
some of the successes you've had, some of the challenges, your coaching journeys, et cetera? Yeah, no, you know, my journey's been pretty blessed, to be honest with you. I mean, I didn't, I, I don't know that I knew I was going into coaching when I was in high school. I went to Blue Valley High School, uh, got out of there and uh, went actually to K-State just as a student and uh, started getting involved with uh, tutoring, getting involved with uh, some coaching even up there, uh, even refereeing and everything. And uh, instead of going to engineering, I ended up in education and Got into coaching and loved the game of baseball, you know, since uh, since I played it from a little kid and just have stuck with it and continue to. I, I don't know if I've climbed the ranks, but I was an assistant coach in golf and football and everything else and just just love every minute of it. It's uh, it's a great outlet. And uh, I teach for a living. I mean, I, I love the math classroom. I get here and I'm, I'm talking calculus during the day and algebra two or whatever. It's been geometry and anything else. But then uh, after school, especially in the springs, I get to go out and uh, be on the baseball field with the boys, which is a whole another way to get to know students and uh, and try to lead them together in the right direction. And uh, it's pretty special to be able to do it for, and it's, I guess, 28 years now. It's hard to believe, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to talk about your, your journey a little bit more and, and uh, leadership and how that looks to you. But before... We do want to start this with what we call pre-game batting practice, just a chance to get to know you a little bit better. So here we go. Four quick questions. Question number one, my hero growing up was? Uh, well, it's, it's it's still my dad. You know, he just instilled work ethic. And, uh, you know, I could look to sports figures and everything else. But uh, he was a person I wanted to be. And uh, he was just with us and around us all the time. And I want to be as good a dad as I think that he was to me. And I have three kids right now. And I hope that I'm uh, I, I'm starting to accomplish that and get to that point. I, Very good. Question number two. If I could have one superpower as a leader, it would be? Oh, boy. Um, probably being able to just uh, read where the kids are at and uh, know their insides, really what they're thinking. I mean, we we want to, but sometimes you just can't get into them exactly where we're at, especially in the classroom, probably even more so than the ball diamond, because outside you get to know them a little bit more so you can read them a little bit better. Uh, but to be able to help them by knowing a little bit more about what they need and what they're thinking. Question number three, the thing that motivates me every day is? Just to be a better person, do the best I can with the day and uh, enjoy what I'm doing and it, hopefully make an inviting, especially during the nine months a year that I'm in the classroom and uh, coaching, whatever, hopefully I'm making an environment that kids want to be involved with. And I think that's, uh, I think that's important. That motivates me to continue to do that and make it a better place for them. Cool. Okay. Question number four, if I could meet one person in history, it would be Meeting Nate Moore the other night, and really, I, I've met him and heard him talk and everything, but being able to individually do that, baseball figures that are just so knowledgeable, and, and I know that's not one person, but anybody like that who's been around the game and be able to talk the game of baseball with them, sit at dinner and just uh, just talk a little about that, that uh, it's a Dayton Moore-esque. I mean, I go back to my childhood when Ryan Sandberg was my uh, childhood baseball hero. I mean, I would have loved to sit down and just uh, talk baseball and learn baseball with him, but uh, I would say any anybody in a leadership role of that essence, rather than just a singular person that uh, I could sit back and think of. You know, I think it was, I'd have to look back and see, but I, I just watched something the other day. Speaking of Sandberg, I think this week was the anniversary of, well, what we've come to know and is the 
Sandberg game, remember against the Cardinals. And uh, I think it was Willie McGee who had, you know, just a phenomenal game for the Cardinals. The game goes into extra innings, but it goes into extra innings because Rhino hits hits a home run, and I think in the bottom of the ninth, and then in the tenth, so. maybe, and it ends in the eleventh, something like that. It was crazy, yeah. <laughs> no, and 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 that's it was kind of like my kids experienced it through the fourteen and fifteen Royals. I experienced in eighty four. That's when the Cubs first went to the playoffs and things like that. And that's gonna get you. And, and that's why I hope with my kids, they they love baseball and softball. And I think part of it's because of what the Royals did and being able to be involved with that or around that uh, yeah. in that time. It, the Cubs was my effect of that on baseball. So yeah, you grew up in the area, went to Blue Valley High School, but. Uh, let's go back to about that time and and just to kind of kick things off here tell me about 17 year old tim kennedy well i think i was quiet uh, reserved i i did what i did in school and i enjoyed math and science everybody told me that i needed to go be an engineer when i was a 17 year old uh hmm. loved to play the game of baseball and uh was a I don't know. I was probably a good athlete. I, I actually moved 17. I guess I was 17 years old. I moved from Texas and I was a freshman. And I tell the kids this sometimes I was a freshman and kind of lower JV baseball player. And I moved into Kansas this back then, a little school at Blue Valley and uh, started playing varsity baseball and go, hey, man, I, I like this game and uh, uh, played a lot of baseball from there forward and uh, went to college and didn't end up playing baseball. Probably could have maybe uh if I would have decided to go that direction, I even thought about it for a while. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I was just your run of the mill average student here at Blue Valley High School. But what I did is I got involved in the community. I moved in, and this is another thing I love about Blue Valley High School. I moved in uh, the middle of my junior year. So I really only spent three semesters here, but it's become home, obviously. I mean, I'm back. And that was, it, this was the only job I would have taken after uh, teaching so long at my age was, you know what, if I ever get a chance to go back home and Blue Valley was home in those three years. So as a 17-year-old, the Blue Valley community took me in as a new person and uh, I think really helped guide me to where I've gotten from there. So. And just to just to kind of put it in perspective for somebody listening who who might be younger or not overly familiar, uh, so I, I am two years ahead of you and went to Shire Mission South. And at the time, Blue Valley had... Uh, Blue Valley and the Blue Valley North opened, I want to say during my sophomore, junior year, it was 86, 87, somewhere in that range when Blue Valley North opened. But I mean, all this explosion in, in Southern Johnson County with the Blue Valley schools, the Olathe schools, you know, Blue Valley was out in kind of the boondocks as they might say at that time. And now it's, it's not, but uh, how, how then did you end up at, at K-State, especially knowing that you spent only three semesters in this area and coming from a, a state like Texas. Well, and, you know, even going further back, I did grow up in Chicago. I spent a little time in Texas. It was kind of just a huh. minor, minor stop down there for, I guess, two years. But, uh, I, you know, I was looking at K-State and Iowa State and Purdue and various schools. And like I said, at that point, I was sure I was going to be an engineer because I wanted to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was my 17 year old mindset was I want to that that was success, I guess, as a 17 year old was uh, doing well, making a lot of money. And uh, through my college at K-State, which I got there probably because it was an in-state school and I visited. It, and mm-hmm. quite honestly, it's a lot like Blue Valley High School. It's a great community of people. And uh, I felt like it was a place I would fit. And uh, that's how I landed there. So what did your dad do or why did you guys move so often? 
Well, it's interesting. We really didn't move that much. I grew up in Chicago till my freshman year. And uh, it oh. just so happened that those were the two moves. And they happened oh. to be in the middle of my high school experience. Yeah, he he worked for Montgomery Ward way back when, which was bought out by GE. And he just worked. Uh, he was there 40, 45 years with the company and just hmm. uh, continued to kind of advance. And a couple of the advancements were relocations. And it happened to happen right during, I guess, my formative years, but my, my teenage years for sure. So. Was there a this seminal moment, if you will, when you said, "You know what, I I'm I'm definitely going to go the the teaching route." I think it was a little bit bit of both. I, I remember taking some of the classes. Uh, I loved the math classes, uh, the physics classes. I guess I didn't love, and I started thinking about the engineering road and going. I don't know if that's what I want to do every day. I don't know if I want to sit in an office. I don't want to do that. And I got into some. Uh, not not only I, I remember I was doing some grading papers. I was getting paid to grade papers in college. They pay some kids to do that. So I did that uh, as well as I started officiating. And then uh, I, I worked with a couple of younger teams. Finally, when I student taught, I uh, I actually helped out at case or at uh, Manhattan High School with the baseball program. So that was my first real introduction into high school coaching. And uh, as a young kid, you're kind of almost a, you're three years removed, four years removed from what they were. Um, it, it was a, it was a great experience and I enjoyed it. Just kind of went on from there. Was Miege your first stop as a teacher uh, and coach? Uh, not, I, I had spent one year at a little uh, town, Gower, Missouri. It's North of uh, Smithville, huh. uh, between Smithville and St. Joe. I was at East Buchanan high school and uh, it was, I had, man, I taught five different classes. It was quite an introduction into teaching. So I'm teaching everything. There was only two of us math teachers there. It was far cry from what Blue Valley was and what I knew, or Grapevine High School in Texas, uh, much, much, much smaller school. I uh, did coach baseball there, uh, which was good. And that Mie's job opened up, and I just I said, I want to get kind of back down to near where I was. And uh, honestly, Mie's is an amazing place. It's great. It's, it's Blue Valley to me. It's great people. It's a great community. Um, I had a lot of wonderful, wonderful years there and really wouldn't have left if it wasn't for a good opportunity came about. This is J.R. Buckner, President and CEO of First Federal Bank of Kansas City. We hope you're enjoying this week's conversation. For this week's Student Spotlight, I'd like you to meet one of the students in our C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. Hi, my name is Don Carlos Alvarez. I go to Bishop Meage High School and C10 is making an impact on my life by helping me with my personal growth and like helping me become a better person. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is proud to make a donation this week to the Post High School Scholarship Fund for seniors in the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. If you'd like to join us in this effort to give our future leaders an opportunity after high school, please click on the link in the show's notes. Now back to this week's conversation. What did you learn about yourself early in your coaching journey? Uh, well, I'm still learning about that, I, that I don't know anything. Um, I, I just, you, you know, you think you do. And uh, I, I think that's one thing that throughout, I, I truly believe that we just keep learning and keep getting better. Uh, these kids are amazing with what they know now, uh, especially baseball wise and using that knowledge and coaching in different ways and trying to come up with different techniques to motivate and understand that you maybe don't know everything because. Uh, while I think I have some real advantage to be able to mold a team together and do things like that, a lot of the reason our kids are good right now is because they go get to individual instructors that work every day 
and feed batting practice and really work on glove work and all those mm. in, individual fundamentals where my limited time, I only do so much with that, but we do more team building and putting the team together and team defense and everything. So I would say more than anything, I just learned that you have to adapt and you have to continue to get better every day. Uh, if you don't, you'll be doing the same thing you did when I first started coaching freshman football and to learn from all the other, I mean, I've been around so many amazing coaches uh, uh, from some that I've coached and have become great coaches, some friends that are great coaches, some that have played uh, that have helped either coach me. Tim Groundhart was the coach at uh, me age when I was there. Uh, people don't know this, but he coached JV baseball for me for a couple of years as well. Oh. I mean, who would have thought, but what a, it's such a great guy. He just wanted to do that. And he was so good around kids while he didn't know the ins and outs of baseball. Maybe he knew how to coach kids. And I learned as much from him as maybe he learned from being part of the baseball program for a couple of years right there. And uh, just, just learning and get better every day. I think. You know, as somebody's listening to this, and again, we've got, we have people who are leaders in business, leaders in their churches and their various communities. And so if somebody's listening to this today, and let's say they've got, a, they may have some younger employees, but what have you learned, particularly maybe in the last two, three, four years in terms of how you lead these kids today or lead these young men and, and even in the classroom, young women, what's changed for you since those early days of me age you know it depends on if you're going the post i mean the last two three four five years have been you know intense with change with mm -hmm. the amount of uh social adaptions there's been uh through getting through covid um for me personally i've learned a lot through i, I now have uh, kids that are teenagers and being able to grow up and see them grow up and see not only the perspective from school but also from home and just see how they react to things and they react from different teachers, different coaches and things like that and learn from that. Uh, once again, I just, I always go back to it's, it's learning from experiences and yeah, I, I'm still doing that in the last two, three, four years. I change. I don't calculus. It doesn't change a whole lot when it comes to teaching. I mean, the material calculus is still the same calculus. It was 20 years ago. But how we need to present it and try to motivate kids to be encouraged to learn it, I think, has changed. And, uh, man, finding, finding the best way to do it, even today, you get through a lesson and go, yeah, well, I guess it was yesterday. I get through a lesson and go, I don't know. And it, you go from first hour to fifth hour and you make changes. And you alluded to COVID. And, and, and for people who maybe don't work with kids, I will say as – and again, this is from a father. This is from our C10 standpoint, 2020 and 2021, and maybe even a little into 22. I mean, it, it really affected students more than probably more than we realized at the moment. And it may be something we don't fully realize until two, three, four years from now. Yeah, no, it's just, it's changed. Uh, the availability of technology, I guess, in education has changed so much. I do well, look what we're doing here. I mean, I know it's, right. it's on the radio, but we're doing Zoom calls prior to COVID. I don't think I ever touched Zoom. I hate to say, I feel like there's a little bit more disconnection uh, mm -hmm. with people and people's skills and just communication among kids. It makes me sad sometimes because we want them to communicate like we did, but we communicated different than our parents did also. Right. So it, it is just kind of uh, the change of the world and change of the times. And 
Uh, we adapt and I'm trying to adapt, but it's difficult every day, especially when we've seen things the way we know it and they've changed drastically. These poor kids, I mean, they've seen so much in their, I've been talking about teenagers in their first 15, 18 years, just going through those technology changes and social changes. You mentioned team. What, how does that look to you in terms of building a team and, and finding the right fit, whether it's in different positions or just the overall team? In Kansas high school baseball, we have limited time with them, and it's in the spring. And really, our teams, and we've had some successful teams, both back in the Asian, back at, uh, and here at Blue Valley, I, I can really take the successful teams back to the ones that really buy in, and it's something that they really want to be part of. When they become a little bit more selfless, and it's something there's so many distractions in the spring in high school, especially as a senior. And we have 12, 15 seniors, whatever the case may be. If you've got a driving force and you've got the good leaders that want to keep the guys together and really work together to be one, it it just, that's what the great teams are made of. Our most talented teams haven't always won, uh, but our teams that were together, have had pretty good success. And I, I, I think trying to get them starting, even we'll start as soon as next month with some off-season, off-season uh, workouts and everything else and trying to mold them together as a team, uh, I think it goes an absolute long ways. I almost hate asking this question because I know how tricky it can be, especially when you've been coaching for so long. But is there something you're most proud of from your career? I guess getting where I'm at now. I mean, I never would have thought last year I was standing in front of Blue Valley High School parents, a uh, community of 65 young men that uh, I was coaching to be able to be the head coach uh, at Blue Valley High that I graduated. That That is school. I mean, uh, but I go back to me Asian. Really, I felt like I was teaching baseball more than they weren't as molded. And uh, I was proud of the success we had getting to the state tournament so many times back then. Uh, but more than anything, I love seeing the kids later on and how where they go after high school. And there's just been a lot of kids throughout the years that are they're just good kids and they play and they come back and going through pictures the other night uh, for my son's graduation stuff. And I pull out a picture from me Asian. My kids go, do you know anything? I started naming them off and I'm going, oh, man, what are you, just what great <laughs> kids get an opportunity to do. So I just part of the whole thing. And uh, really, last year was kind of surreal, standing in front of uh, in front of all the parents, and kids, getting ready to leave that for the year. Yeah. How have mentors played a role in your journey? Well, there's been a lot of them. The mentors, as you get older, I think become friends. A lot of the mentors are coaches and teachers and uh, administrators in the building, wherever it is. And uh, the role they play is, I think, you pick out the ones that you want to mold towards. I, I just I see the the competitiveness in certain coaches. And then I see the heart in certain coaches and mold them all together. And I've been, I can't even tell you how many coaches I've been able to be a part of, whether it's part of a uh, team or just even in the same community with uh, through Miege and Blue Valley, especially. I go back to uh, one of uh, one of my good friends, Eric Driscoll. I mean, he, I don't know if you know Eric Driscoll, but uh, he passed away. Uh, few years back but i mean he would have been prototype for this award i mean I, every time i think about this i go oh, this is eric driscoll i mean he yeah. he was a champion of character uh it's and it, as a friend of mine and about the same age he was a mentor of mine because the way he conducted himself on the sideline in the classroom 
in the students. And I just want to be as good as I can when it comes to that. My mentors help me get there. Yeah. Well, one of our C words that I equate to you is care, and which in our C in the major leagues vernacular is someone who puts others first, evaluates everyone honestly, and understands everyone's impact. What does that word care to mean to you in, in coaching and in leadership? If you don't, I guess it's probably not a good place to be. I, I ask kids about their days. I, I want to know about their days. It almost hurts me sometimes if I'm in the classroom and I got to just do math and we do, we've got to do algebra too. Right. But, uh, but, but, but I think uh, that's just what makes teachers and coaches that keep going because it's a hard profession at times. I, at times it's, it's perfect. It's great. But uh, if you do honestly care about them, I think they know uh, they being the students or, uh, mm-hmm. or players and, uh, it's very meaningful for them. It makes it more meaningful than more inviting for them as well uh, to come into your classroom or onto your team. And then finally, I asked you earlier about 17-year-old Tim Kennedy. If, if you could go back today, what would you tell that 17-year-old Tim? Not much. Just uh, be a good person. I mean, that's what, go, go do what you do and um, do the best you can at what you do. And I think I've tried my best to do that. I haven't always succeeded. I don't think anybody has. Uh, but I think as long as you try to uh, develop a path for yourself, uh, I would tell them, do the best of what you do and uh, love what you do. And if you're lucky enough, and I, I do tell students this because I think of what I would tell students now is if you're lucky enough to find something that you don't mind or you really enjoy getting up for in the morning, you're doing pretty well. And you're probably making a difference at whatever you're doing or at least attempting to. I think that's important. Well, Tim Kennedy, you're definitely making a difference for students and have been for uh, almost 30 years. So thank you so much for that. And again, congratulations on being our June Blue KC Coach of the Character honoree. Well, thank you. I'm honored and I appreciate you, Matt, and everything you do for all the coaches and uh, the students around the city. Well, that does it for this episode of the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we hope that you'll leave a favorable review on your favorite podcast platform. If you didn't enjoy it or you have other comments or suggestions for potential guests, you can click on the comment link in the show's notes. We drop a new episode at the end of every week, but be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an interview. And if you or your company would like to help underwrite this podcast, let me know. Until next time, this is Matt Folks for the CU and Major Leagues Foundation saying be safe and take care.